0: Hey, thanks for taking a listen to My Millennial Money. My name is Glenn James. I'm the host of this podcast and I have some exciting news. The name of this podcast has changed to This Is Money. If you want to stay up to date with our most recent episodes, then search for This Is Money wherever you're listening to this podcast. Our focus stays the same. We want to help you live the life you want on your own terms. So subscribe to This Is Money for more episodes. But for now, enjoy the episode. Hello Australia, welcome to My Millennial Money. Glenn here, money in your 30s. A lot of us in our 30s, we're well-established into our career. We've got a lot of confidence happening because we've realized that, hey, I'm not putting up with crap anymore, all that stuff. So what can you learn from this episode if you're in your 30s? What can you learn from this episode if you're in your 20s or 40s or 50s or 60s? We can all learn something, but be encouraged, send it to somebody you know in their 30s, So, let's get into this episode. John and I have a great chat. So, here we go. All right, 30s. I'm an expert at being in my 30s. You are? Well, I am (laughs) in my 30s. You're only (laughs) halfway through, I am. I'm halfway cooked, but uh, that's all right. (laughs) We'll get there. Now, I wanted to go straight out of the gate and say, based on my own experience and even looking, coaching people and assisting them with money over the years, for me... The biggest thing that I found, if I could turn back time, okay, so if you are in your 20s and you're listening to this, yes. or if you're in your sure. early 30s, yep, and for those who don't know sure. <laughs> check out the film clip in 1984 of her riding a cannon on a boat. I can't believe that made the airways, but we're here. Now, if I could turn back time, I would actually say by the time you get into your 30s, as much as possible – you really want to know yourself and what you're about.
1: Yeah, elaborate on that.
0: So, I got to the stage, you know, in my early it was in my late 20s where I kind of just I didn't have that confidence of like, oh no, I'm good at this or yeah. I've worked in this career like I can actually hang my hat on what I know at the moment. Right. Like and it's not in an arrogant way, but I guess just getting that level of confidence in your life that I've had some experience, I'm now in my early thirties and I want to, I don't know, turn my career up a notch, but you can't do that if you don't have any self-confidence. So I would really encourage anyone. And even back to the whole mental illness stuff, Mm. I was looking back and I often get sad when I look back at myself in my twenties and look back at the Glenn in his twenties who didn't know he had a mental health issue right so he was depressed he was anxious he yeah. i don't know how he got through it yeah but i just think far out if i could go back to 22 yeah and think hang on i actually wasn't happy i was no. actually depressed i was having anxiety attacks but i didn't know what it was if i could get that sorted then I
1: didn't know who to turn to then
0: my either. my 20s would have been such a better year so of yeah. decade yeah so i guess what i'm saying is Into your 30s, if you actually aren't happy and or content in your life and you feel like, hang on, I shouldn't be feeling this way, Mm. chat to your GP. Mm. Just get it nailed because we don't have time to dick around with this stuff.
1: No, and it it may have been a feeling that is now the norm for someone because it's been hanging around that long. And
0: that's what I thought. It Mm. was like, oh, this is just how people feel. Yeah. Or it's like... Oh no. And it really wasn't until for me, twenty sixteen when I went overseas yeah. with my friends and their band. I was medicated and I was like, Oh, my life has actually started. Yeah. So yeah, well. it's just you've got to
1: Yeah, I've lost some years there.
0: Yeah. So I, I really feel like yeah, I did lose, you know, most of my twenties. Yeah, wow. Well. And I didn't know it. No. So the second thing I wanna kind of discuss it's like with your career, are you actually happy with what you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking to John <laughs> Yeah Because I want some wisdom from John
1: And and I wrote down a few notes before mm. we uh, came on air And I, I said follow your dreams Yeah So I started a business at 25 Not really knowing what I was doing But at, at 23, 24 I thought I was going to be in a job that I would see through for 30 years mm. Right, I was passionate about it yeah, that quickly changed. Long story short, you can easily stay in something that's comfortable, not actually uh, a drive or a passion or a, or a bounce out of bed. Now, now you're not going to bounce out of bed every day, but you should, be, you should be a seven or an eight out of 10 minimum enjoyment at your workplace, I believe, because you spend just as much time there as you do in your bed mm. for your whole life or at least until you're close to 60 or 70. So- yeah, I agree. You've got to really take that leap of faith. Now, I did it mid-20s. 30s is probably a good time, but I don't think there's any right time. It's just when you're feeling as though you need to scratch an itch. Yeah, and I
0: think it. we said it in a 20s episode, but it's it's hard to actually – you know, because there's no right or wrong time to start a family. No. So we acknowledge that people started a family in their 20s. We acknowledge that people start a family in their 30s and 40s. Yeah. So you kind of just take it with a grain of salt, that whole, you know, the kids thing in either decade because yes. it's going to happen regardless. And
1: Yeah. And I've got some notes to drill down on that a bit in your 30s. But yeah. Yeah. But
0: I, I guess the reason I want to touch on the kids thing now is because if you aren't nailed – or happy with your career and your life choice. And there's going to be so many listeners who go, I know what he's about to say and he's 100% correct. It's so much harder to get off that conveyor belt of the job you hate and the work you don't like as soon as you have kids. Yeah. Because you've got less time and you've got less options with taking a pay cut for a short period of time to retrain and get into something you like. Yeah. And it's not to say it's not impossible, but it just is a little bit harder to make a wholesale career transition when you've got a family.
1: Yeah, and I think also as you as you mature and get older, I think you maybe become more risk adverse too. So you're probably less likely to change and, and do an absolute backflip on your career the, the older you get because it's perceived risk is higher. Yeah, I
0: would agree because I don't think I could start what I did when I was 25 today. Yeah. It's 10 years later. Yeah. I don't think I've got it in me.
1: No. And whether that's a whole range of things, isn't mm. it? Like it's it's our mindset, it's our energy, it's it's a, a, a bottled up uh, amount of courage. Like mm. there's a whole heap of things that can change that for someone. But yeah, I think that's that's true. It's, it's getting it done and not sitting back in our 40s and 50s thinking, gee, I would have loved to have pursued that business mm. or that, area of my life. Because I
0: think like broadly, if we look at the 20s, 30s and 40s, 20s is like working out life. Mm. 30s is pretty much establishment, nailing stuff. And then I think 40s is maybe, you know, you really are doubling down and building for the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And obviously through the podcast, we talk to a lot of 20-somethings at the moment. And my encouragement to them is actually build a heap of assets while you can because it's probably the best time in your life to do that and just because of Uh, Maybe if you're intending on having family, you might put a a, a full stop on that for a few years Um, or we want our own home to live in with a larger amount of debt maybe on that home. Mm. So if we've got a few assets behind us before we enter that phase, I think it sets us up well for the uh, outside. Yeah,
0: and it leads into my kind of next point around, you know, by your 30s, And again, there's someone who's just picked up this podcast for the first time, listened to this episode, there might be a long way from this point in their mind, but you really want to start to get your money habits nailed for good. So, all that to say, yes, at all times in your 20s, 30s, 40s and 50s, you want to be where possible, Mm. living on less than what you earn Mm. and actually investing some money for the future. Now, I know in the ebbs and flows of life, if you start a family, well, we might not have $200 a month to invest now, but we're still going to do 50 as an example. So I think that underlying theme there, but particularly if you're in your 30s and you're listening to this now, I really want you to go, stop. I need to get my life foundations in place. Mm. If you're in your 40s, stop. (laughs) I need to
1: get my life foundations in place. So so just for the listeners, new, old or otherwise, let's list our Basic foundations. Yep. So the first, and these are just what
0: I believe and John agrees with them because I tell him to agree with them. (laughs) Yep. Um, No,
1: well, I think you would probably agree. You were the creator of them Yeah, so I've got a
0: sound financial house diagram and we'll pop it on the screen now. So under the slab, we've got four foundations, okay? The first foundation is your spending plan. Mm -hmm. You must have some type of structure or system in place that helps you manage money that removes you from the process. Yes. And, you know, hundreds and thousands of you have downloaded and purchased the Glenn James Spending Plan. Mm. And that will just help you if you can't manage money or you're struggling to manage money or you don't have a system, it just gives you the framework to do that. Yeah. And there's a link in the show notes if you want that with a little discount code for those listeners. On there. But basically, and I want you to outgrow that spending plan. It's just a start. And that will help you start to manage your money. Yeah, so get you on track. That's the first foundation. The second foundation is being cashed up and debt free. Now, what do we mean by that? We want to clear all consumer debt. We want to clear the personal loans from the holiday to France two years ago that you're still mm-hmm. paying for. We want to clear the credit cards that we can't shake. We want, and the spending plan will help you do this. Yeah. We want to make sure we're not doing afterpay. So all consumer debt is is exactly what it is it's stuff that you've consumed
1: mm. <laughs> it's, it's not going out it's not
0: you. like the there's no nothing like if you buy a home that you live in with debt on the mortgage mm. there will always be something an asset linked to that debt yeah but consumer debt it's unsecured it's just yeah you've got to get out of the cycle of over consuming and living on more than what you've earned
1: yeah and I just to pull up on that one, I actually went through that stage in my 20s where I had consumer debt in the form of a car loan mm. and I grew up a bit and realized, hang on a minute, I probably shouldn't have that. So mm. it was only really early 30s that I stopped having car debt, mm. Yeah, which is an asset that's going down in uh, value, although it's a necessity for life, isn't it, in mm. most cases? Yeah. And then cashed
0: up, we talk about an emergency fund or a cash buffer. So I kind of say, and if you Google Glenn James emergency fund, you'll see a blog post there. There'll be an express podcast episode. We'll talk in detail about how much you should have in your emergency fund, what's an emergency. Mm. Um, We kind of say three months worth of expenses. If that's 16 grand and the spending plan will tell you how much you should have in your emergency fund. If it's 16 grand and you want 10 grand, knock yourself out. I don't care, yeah. but I just want you to have an emergency cash buffer.
1: Yeah. It's usually more than what we have had previous and yeah. it, it's a feel good sleep at night yeah. experience. And then the next one is
0: your personal protection. So you're well into your thirties, you're well into a career, you've got an income, you need to protect it. Yeah, You might also have dependents and a family, you need death cover. And I've I always sound harsh, but I'm just so passionate that like you, you need to actually set up your sound financial house and all these things are foundations under the slab that are boring and you don't see.
1: Yeah. I think they're non-negotiables too, aren't they? Like, ever, oh, not everyone, but a lot of people say, oh, when when things are tough, I'll, I'll just let the insurance lapse mm. and uh, and cut some costs there. But
0: Yeah. Nah. So, you need to get your personal protection sorted and a lot of that can be funded from your super fund. And then fourth is your will and your estate plan. Mm. Particularly if you are starting a family, if you do have assets, you just need to do this housekeeping stuff. If you're in a relationship, get a will, get power of attorney over each other, talk to your lawyer, a lawyer, we can help you. We'll send you somebody, Mm. just get this stuff done. So I'll swing it back around the four foundations in your sound financial house. And this, we haven't even talked about investing yet. We haven't talked about our goals yet. We haven't talked about I want to learn how to be a helicopter pilot for fun or whatever you wild thing we want to do because we want you to do whatever you want to do but we want you to have the foundations in place. So number one, a spending plan or a budget, whatever you want to call it. Number two, you don't have any consumer debt and you've got a cash buffer in your life. And so many people, John, that wrote into us, I know going through COVID and said, I'm so glad I had the emergency fund. It totally. saved my ass. It's never
1: been more important, has it?
0: Thirdly, foundation uh, three, protection plan. So, your income insurances, your death cover. Mm. And then fourth foundation, is your will and estate plan. So, once you've got those foundations in place, it's time to really build on what you want your life to look like.
1: Yeah. And I think you mentioned confidence in another manner before this, mm. uh, but- it really is confidence in your financial wellness, isn't it, when you've got those foundations sorted. You've got some confidence to be able to move forward. Without all those things, we can bore in and buy assets. But if a few things don't go the way we want, then we could fall on our face. You
0: just don't want one little hiccup in your 30s, like if you start to build your career or you start to build your assets, you just don't want one little hiccup to flush you out no. completely. no. Because you've just worked too hard. Yeah, totally. So I think, you know, we do need to talk about family because a lot of people, and again, we can't obviously talk to everyone's unique situation, but we Mm. acknowledge that people start a family in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever you want. Most of the people I know, and it might be going up a little bit, kind of start the family late 20s, early 30s, so just speak yeah. to the the family thing, John.
1: It seems to be getting a little bit later, but as you said, it is sort of case dependent. I, mm. I think prior to going into it, we, we can never forecast when we're having kids or um, the details, but we can forecast to some extent, can't we, that that may be a time in our lives where we will. So we need to prepare – maybe a few years out for that financially, I think. The the general costings, extra costings in our life that – and it's not so much the pram and the cot and those sort of things. It's more so – Life. <laughs> it, well, yeah, but maybe my wife's going to have – or my partner's going to have 12 months off. So how do we factor that into our spending, right? How is that going to change things? Do we need to put extra buffers in in place before that comes about? Not – react to it when it does and, and then try and um, survive. Yeah. And I think it does speak to that overall planning.
0: Yeah. Like if you're in a relationship in your late 20s and you want to start to think about starting a family, can it be like, yeah, I reckon, you know, we've got a bit of a mess. We need to get our foundations set up. Yeah. Let's do that. Then we can start strong because mm. let's have a look like there could be situations where IVF is needed. That's right. There could be situations where a couple might want to adopt or foster, or and that can take a long process as well. Yeah. So it's not just you know let's go into the the bedroom one night and (laughs) make a child.
1: We're actually going there.
0: Um, (laughs) Or the kitchen, wherever you you want. Um, It's not just that. It's getting worse. I think it's we can all step back and say.
1: As much as we can, we should be trying to plan things. Totally, yeah. And and this is definitely a case of do as I say, not what I do, because we did not do that. Um, you and Amy, myself and Amy. So we, what did
0: you, did she rock up one day? Hey, John, how I uh, <laughs> how was work today? P.S. I'm pregnant. Pretty
1: much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, it wasn't it wasn't planned, but we we were wrapped over the moon, of course. But by the same token, if we, I had my time you know, time what, you again, know
0: what they say, John. There's no unexpected pregnancies, there's unexpected parents. That's right, yeah. So, okay, well, let's just do this. If you had your time again, yeah. how old were you when your first child arrived? Yeah, or- well,
1: he's, he's 11 tomorrow, so that makes me 32.
0: Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So, yeah, talk to us about you and Amy's journey, mm. your financial situation. How
1: long have you got? Well, <laughs> I'll
0: give you five minutes for this segment. Yeah,
1: nah, that's fair. Um, yeah, so... As I said earlier, in, in my 20s, I was a bit blasé about uh, money in general, coming in, coming out, doing what I wanted, I suppose. But when I became a business owner, I had the mindset of, well, if I wanted something, I'd just go and work harder for it as a business owner because that's you create your own pathway and your own destiny in terms of how much money you earn, I suppose. So I took that same approach wrongly into – starting a family as well. We, we didn't, obviously it was unexpected, but by the same token, I wasn't super stressed about it. Like someone may get if they were on a set salary and then all of a sudden their partner had to stop work. So I, it, again, it comes back to the individual, but I, I think, yeah, if I had my time again, absolutely. We would have structured it in a better manner where two years out, 12 months out, even we'd factored in more of a I suppose, a buffer. So instead of having three months, we might've had six months because of that time that Amy needed off from, um, from work. And how, um, what's the gap between kids? Uh, two years and then 18 months. So, yeah. So she was basically pregnant or breastfeeding for the best part of seven years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So again, Still blase, didn't really know how many kids. We were maybe thinking three, potentially four, and that was only ruled out about 12 months ago, by the way. (laughs) A medical intervention. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that definitely ruled it out 12 months ago or two years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the other part of it is if if wife or partner is six or seven years part-time, Mm. that's a, a fair chunk, not only with day to day income, but superannuation that's not going in. Um and there's other implications there that then they have to regain the workforce or, or get back in or is that mean retrain? Does that mean going a different direction? So I think what I'm trying to say here is because we're running a business, we always knew that well, Amy could come back into the business or she could go and do some casual teaching. Mm. Um so it was blase, but it was still thought about. Whereas someone might be listening, saying, "Well, we're trading time for money. We're not going to be business owners. We need to really plan for this and actually put some dollars aside to to cater for that two, three, four, five year journey." Mm-hmm. And I speak to a lot of people that are actually making this decision based on how much income they need in their life, not how many kids they want. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think we just we said, "Well," We want minimum three kids. However, we do it, we'll do it, but we'll we'll make that happen. Mm. As opposed to, no, we've only got enough money for two kids or one kid. Yeah, and I think that's important to note. Like, if you've got a a
0: wild financial situation, like the extreme, you started something, you went bankrupt, and or you you got a ten year debt reduction strategy, and obviously, you're not going to put off starting a family for no. ten years. No. So, I think loud and clear, whatever age you are, I kind of say to people, it's like, and again, I, I'm i not uh, a father that I know of. <laughs> um, I think in just practical thinking, if you had six months to clean up your mess, so set your emergency fund up, clear some debt, you know, get the systems in place. You might go, okay, can we wait six months until we try and fall pregnant? Yeah. Or we want to buy a home or we want to get the investment property sorted. So, if there's this short term within the year, six months, a year. Yeah. But I think you will make it work if it's okay, well, this is a mess and it's going to take three years to clean up. Yeah. I think you're not going to put a family off that long. So, I think you just have to use wisdom and…
1: Yeah. And I think… From what I can see, people are starting to have kids later on in life as well because of of maybe careers, um, just that freedom lifestyle having experiences before they they settle down but yeah there 's no right time it 's just whenever you feel comfortable with the the person you 're with in the life and and you make it work but if if you can plan before going into it, mm. uh, even if it 's six months out, twelve months out then then go for it because the other thing to factor in there is um, wedding and honeymoon, mm. right, which are, can some be more costly than kids themselves in the first year. Or a home deposit. Well, they are a home deposit yeah. essentially, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, um, we went reasonably cheap on the on that side of things just because that was the time in our life and mm. um, Amy was pregnant. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's
0: – before I get onto the whole wedding and versus house deposit thing – You mentioned before, which I think is so important, like if you've got a a spouse who's taking time off the workforce to be a full-time parent or part-time parent, whatever, if everyone Googles, just Google ATO super contributions on behalf of your spouse or super spouse contribution. If, for example, John, you put $3,000 into Amy's super account Mm. and not claim it on tax, you would get a $540 tax offset so, you know, you could put three thousand dollars in there. If Amy put in a thousand dollars, there would be a co-contribution of five hundred dollars. So we've got three, four, four and a half grand. Mm. That's basically um oh, and for the spouse offset, the non working or the spouse who's receiving the money has to earn less than forty grand a year. Yeah. So basically if you factored that into your budget, if possible. Yeah. Uh, over the time of the spouse working part-time, their soup's kind of keeping up with if they did earn 50 grand a year anyway. Yeah, so they're getting right. the three or four grand from the household and then the $500 co-contribution from the government.
1: Yeah. So yeah. And that that's it. And I think those that are listening that haven't had kids yet are preparing for it, like the firstborn is – it's the special one. It's the first time around. It's their first rodeo sort of thing. So – they want to potentially buy the best of everything right looking back on it like potentially the worst thing you could do because like baby stores and everyone else has a nice old lend you um Mm. with such expensive clothing that lasts you three months and i I suppose if you were smart about that you can be smart but um also look uh, as though you're looking after your kid as well Yeah, that
2: makes sense yeah yeah
0: we're going to get married. Yeah. You've really, because you've really found out, you've really both confident in who you are, you know, are you wanting the 30 grand wedding or the 40 grand wedding? Cause you actually want that or you're getting pressure from friends, family, social networks. Yeah. Because we know a wedding cost is a home deposit. Yeah. Or is an investment property deposit. Mm. So we just have to say out loud, Hey, we're about to commit this money. Is this the best use of our money? Yeah. And I want everyone to have a beautiful wedding. I want everyone to have a home, but yeah. we can't have everything at once. And that's why I think if you're in a, a relationship, um, it is really choosing what chicken you're going to pluck first.
1: <laughs> totally. And not having to cough up for two or three of them. Yeah. But- Per per day, there's no bigger rate of expenditure, is there? Like, no, no. <laughs> like 50 grand in, in one day. Mm. It's amazing.
0: And I, I guess for the, you know, we talk about couples, we talk about singles, but regardless of whether you are a single person in your 30s or a couple, you need to really work out what's the intentions for your housing or your home longer term. So I think that is the... Are we or am I saving for a deposit to buy in the area that I want to live if it's in reach or am I going to do another strategy like rent vest Mm. or I'm going to rent where I want to live but I've just got to make sure that I'm investing for my future elsewhere, whether that is an investment property, whether that is a share portfolio, whether that is I'm just going to pump super.
1: Yeah. And if I gave one – piece of advice in this space is is going into um, kids and coming out of kids or that journey, it, it's roughly 18 years, right, from mm. the time we start to the time we finish and it's going to be a lot more than that if you've got three or four kids. I just don't know if I'm emotionally strong enough. So that's not the worst bit, right? Oh. <laughs> I think – what I see a lot of when I've I see um, people come to me in their fifties, it's like, well, let's start investing now because the kids are growing up and we've got this surplus um, cash, or we've been saving more, or now we've got rid of our our um, mortgage debt. My advice is continue to plough through with investing if you can through the years that you've got kids. Okay, mm. now I can comfortably say we've done the most investing since we've had kids, right? We we obviously invested before kids, but we've done just as much whilst having kids. So that was our aim was to always continue to move forward.
0: But your income has also increased.
1: Yeah, but that was a product of, of our planning. Yeah, and that was also a product
0: of you knew what you were about. You knew that you were happy with our career. Yes. Because there'd be nothing worse than having a family that is depending on you and there'll be so many people listening and I totally take my hat off to you that you've got this financial pressure at home mm. and you hate what you're doing.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah, I no, mean, you've got to get that sort of It gives first. me
0: anxiety to think about that pressure yeah. that's not going anywhere.
1: Yeah, that's right. And we've just been through a period of um, uncertainty in in a lot of people's work, now coming out the other side of it, hopefully people are sitting there saying, well, do I really my, – my job might not be as secure as I first thought. Do I mm. really want to be in here? Because I thought I was here for the security but now I'm not sure.
0: Mm. I think once you nailed, you know, the housing situation and what you're going to do there, I think in your 30s, particularly if you don't have kids, mm. you're doubling down on investing for your future more so than your 20s. Yeah, 100%.
1: And that, I think, goes back to what you said at the start. It's a accumulation of a whole range of things, isn't it? Mm. It's maturity, it's it's confidence, it's having our assets grow, it's, it's just experiencing life more to be able to make some good decisions and continue to take action. Yeah, and I think,
0: you know, you might say, oh, Glenn, I've got my 9.5% super. Yeah, everyone's got that. Like, what can you do that's extra? Yeah. And as a broad brushstroke, like if I was flippant and someone said, oh, should I invest in super or, you know, use the offset account? As a broad brushstroke, you're probably not going to default to super when you're under 30 because of the restrictions in place. Yeah. But it might be, well, over the next 10 years, I'm going to pump a share fund or a Vanguard ETF or something like that, just to extra money, long-term savings.
1: Yeah, and then this might be scaring a lot of listeners, but towards the end of your 30s, you're probably going to start thinking about putting away some money for the kids. Mm. So you've got yourself sorted, hopefully, and now you're starting to think about, well, kids' funds for house, uni, Whatever it may be, that that, private high school—that's another level again. So yeah, yeah, that's that. You've got to be thinking about those sort of things. You can't just one day wake up and say, "Right, we're going to private school." Mm. So yeah, so
0: you're pretty much saying, in your thirties, if you are in a relationship and you do want to have the kids discussion, you've got to be very clear, or at least have some intent. It's like, okay, we want to start a family what are our views on schooling? Yeah. I mean, just to have the discussion. Totally. Yeah. and and Because I guess if I can just finish on that, John, the worst thing would be in your early 30s is to get an investment property or something like that. And then, oh, we want to send the kids to private high school. Oh, we can't afford to negatively gear the investment property because we've got to pay for private school. So, we've yeah. got to sell the investment properties. Yeah. So, I think that whole investing for your future, where possible, when we commit something to investing – we shouldn't need to realise it in the short term. No. Under 10 years.
1: No, that's right. Yeah, and and the views is a really important one because if you're going along married, having kids, and then all of a sudden one of you wakes up and, and realises that they've always wanted private schooling and no one's talked about it, like that's a half a million dollar conversation straight away, right? And that's after tax money. Mm. So... Yeah, it's a it's a lot of um, financial burden for the potential benefit of uh, of the kids' education. So
0: yeah, for those listening, I I kind of want your thirties to be a fun year as well. Yeah, and I've kind of written down this like, can you set up your thirties so you can actually plan a good holiday without it being a huge financial blowout. Mm. Like, because how many people in their 20s, and if you are listening in your 20s, don't do this.
1: That's right. Don't
0: go overseas with a personal loan. Yeah. Because you'll take, I kind of, I call it like you're spending tomorrow's prosperity mm. today. You just can't do that. So, in your 30s, you've got all your foundations nailed. You've got good savings and money habits. You're happy with your career ideally. Saving three grand for a banging trip somewhere, yeah. it shouldn't be the end of the world. It should be a fun experience because you know what you're about. You're confident. You you might have some friends that are going with or you go yourself. Yeah. So I, I think the whole travel thing and life experiences can really be turned up a notch because you just, you've just you got so much more – you've got 10 years of life on you than someone in who's 20 years old. Yeah. So you know
1: what – you want to enjoy. Yeah, it's a, it's a good combination because you're mature enough to make some good decisions, but you're not too old that you haven't got enough energy to enjoy the trip. Like, mm. I, I think you should be having a, a trip every year, right? And that, mm. that might be just a three or four-night camping trip somewhere. Right. Like it doesn't have to be elaborate, but you might have one decent one overseas every four or five well, years. Well, this
0: is, for me, 2020 with COVID, I just had an email Uh, from Qantas that they're cancelling that trip that I had to the States in September for a conference. It'll be the first time that I haven't been overseas since 2011. Yeah. it's a good effort. Yeah. But it goes back to like when I was in my early thirties, my late twenties, I really made sure that my foundations were in place. Yeah. And I make no apologies for traveling every year, at least twice. Yeah, that's right. Because I had everything in order but I didn't have a family. I well, acknowledge I was say, that as well,
1: and and it speaks to this other part of um, society that may decide, well, I'm I'm going through life not going to have any kids. Mm. Like, you don't need to worry, worry about retirement, buddy. You're already there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You've just saved yourself a couple of mil. <laughs> I'm just going to have like kids
0: and get them to be like a golf player and tennis player. Like
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you still got to get them there for the first yeah. 18 years. Ugh. Good. Um, I want to open
0: Instagram now, John. Yeah, because I think there's a lot of comments here. There's hundreds of comments uh, that people have sent in about managing money in their 30s. Yeah, Jay Skill said secure and growth, secure and stable growth assets. The official Timothy Gore said, or Timmy Gore said, paying enough of my house to have an easier 40s and 50s. So that's an interesting one. Like you're not over committing to your home. Mm. So we say we want your mortgage repayment or your rent to be around 25% or less than of your net take-home income. Yeah. I think if you can live lean now, it just, you know, if you punch your mortgage out over 10 years even, yeah, imagine the quality of life you could have in your 40s.
1: Totally, Yeah. It is an interesting one and you can go on for days about it because some would argue that we get a bigger mortgage to be in a better location, which is going to give us better growth long-term. Depends on what you want lifestyle-wise, doesn't it? Totally.
0: Uh, Eloise says, laying the foundations for the future. We've talked about that. Amy says, business, home, family, planning and travel. This is interesting as well. Evangeline... Having goals for each area to ensure one doesn't take over you and you lose the best years of your life.
1: Yeah, well, what are the best years? Well, I don't know. I think uh, – and, and that's probably – See, I don't know if we're...
0: the 40s or 50s are my best years because I'm not there yet. There. Yeah.
1: Well, I'd like to think we're, we're – Well, living... you're in your 50s, John. What... <laughs> Nathan, just cut this here now. <laughs> uh, I'd like to think we're enjoying living, living our maximum all the time.
0: Mm. Jen says, career change, more meaning, purpose, satisfaction. And that was a big theme. And that's why I said at the top, it's like, are you happy? Are you satisfied with what you're doing? Do you know what you're about? So that that was a good one. And then she also said, defining money goals and nailing the right savings versus investment strategy. Michael says, finding the right partner. Because how many like stories do you hear I put up with them for ten years. What was I doing? I lost the best years of my life, and all this stuff.
1: Um, So, John, relationship tips for those out there. (laughs) Geez, all I'd say is I'd I'd hate to be uh, back in the market right now trying. (laughs) 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 I think I don't know. It's a it's a really it's an interesting one. Like I think when you know, you know. Like, and I it's a bit cliche, but. You just – you do. I, like I've never – and and I'm not trying to get all emotional mm. and uh, mm. but I think before Amy, like I just uh, had never felt the same way. So I think you once you know, you know. Do you believe – this is so not to do with money – do you believe
0: there is such a thing as the one or do you make someone your one?
1: Well – yeah, I think there's more than one out there for you but you get a feeling that the one.
0: Oh, so you're saying saying that Amy's not good enough? There's another one? i no, no. I, haven't, I haven't seen anyone better, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so funny. It's like I found my soulmate. They were in the postcode like 20 minutes down yeah, the road. Because if there
1: was only one for you, the odds are pretty slim. of oh, finding yeah, them. Yeah, no right.
0: one would be partnered. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, having a bit of fun, people. Yeah. Uh, Vici says, "By the time I'm 40, actually having my chat together." So that's that's an interesting one. It's like wherever you are mm. in your 30s, stop. There is no time if you do not have your foundations sorted to get serious. Yeah, no, that's right. And if you're if you're in your 20s listening, this is so cool because you can get a bit of a leg up on this information. Chanwa says, listen to this podcast five to 10 years prior to turning 30. (laughs) Emma says, good foundations and habits, goals and plans to get what you want. .s9 said, financial security for the future to retire comfortably. Alicia says, setting up a plan for a growing family. So that is it is a common theme, isn't it? The family thing. And I think that speaks to if you are buying a home, is it? temporary are you buying it and we'll renovate in five years or use it as a stepping
1: stone uh, it's just it's a whole kettle of fish yeah and understanding your personalities with that as well like uh you you may be open to renting while you've got family whereas others just wouldn't entertain it so you've got to prepare for both
0: Laura dot yes says i'm late 20s and so keen to hear what others say um slash for this podcast i need help so if you're in your late 20s There's no reason why you can't get all these foundations nailed because you only need to save your emergency fund once. Mm, Totally. You only need to get your insurances once.
1: Just don't blow it.
0: Just like you only need to do the foundations once if you do them right Yeah, and then it's just maintenance. Yeah. So that's going to just give you the biggest leg up. Law Newton says, enjoy life, save some cash and only do work that is meaningful. Again, this theme of actually knowing what you're about. Because I, yeah. I I kind of said like a previous episode, John, like if I was 25 when I started my business and I guess there's one point that I didn't say that we kind of covered it. Like if you do think you've got a business in you and you're in your 30s and you've been thinking about it for five years or two years or whatever, do it now. Like if you've only got young kids, do it now. If you don't have kids, do it now because it's just the best time because- it can, you just don't know what life's going to flick up at you.
1: No, and I was just about to say that if you just don't want to look back with regrets, um, at least if you have a crack at it and it doesn't go the way you planned, you've you've, um, you've Mm. scratched the itch, haven't you?
0: Yeah, and I like this one as well, which I kind of touched on before with the housing thing. Sarah Kate 7 says, turning 30 this year, priority is upgrading my own home and using my current home as an investment. So, if you do if you are single or if you are newly married or if you're a couple and you want to buy a house, Mm. having the conversation, well, what's this property for? Is it just we're living here, we're renovating it and we're happy with the area or we will buy well strategically offset account, we'll live in it for five years, then we'll buy quote unquote a home. Yeah, that's right. There's so much good stuff in here. Mm. Shell says, foundations for life ahead, investing in well-being, physical and mental and financial. So that's so important. Yeah, Hannah, Hannah Bird, our friend of the show, says, don't forget about health.
1: Mm. Financial's just only one component on mm. life, isn't it? Yeah. It's just that we talk about it on the podcast. That's our focus. But, yeah, it all uh, all comes back to a whole range of everything.
0: Mm. Yeah. Chili says, life, happiness and take care of family, invest for future work on interesting projects, career. Steph says, I'm only just 30, but I'm really keen to have emergency savings uh, for about three months. And Sophie Sullivan says, life, stay grounded and be happy. Money, invest, save and be happy. Career, do what makes you happy. So, for all of us, if I'm speaking on behalf of the people in their 30s to those in their 20s, don't waste time on doing crap that you don't enjoy. And that I just forgot to say it before. If I was starting my business now in my 25s, I just put up with so much crap from people I didn't need to deal with. Yeah. Where I thought, oh, I've got a business. I've got to serve you. It's like, no, you're a pain in the ass. Yeah,
1: but I, I think you need
0: to experience. You've kind of got to, to go, go through, through that. it, don't you? Yeah, yeah. It's, it- it's something you can't do because someone tells you to no but you can have guidance for
1: someone who's been there like you could definitely well tell someone I, th- that. I think
0: it's more in the coaching it's like okay well Glenn who was 26 you just didn't have a good idea of your ideal client yeah so maybe in your 20s you don't really have a good idea of what your ideal life looks like
1: yeah and as a result you attract the clients that mm. you are at the minute
0: there's another one here debt like reducing debt increasing additional super payments. And just on the super thing, like if you did, I'm just making up a number, $50 a month into your super, out if you pay, salary sacrifice, you wouldn't even notice it. It's going to no. be of no detriment. No. It's only going to be of a blessing for you later in life.
1: Yeah. Like everyone's talking about do what makes you happy and, and happiness is a key. I, I would be writing down the top three to five things that, that make you happy mm. and, and just living by them. And and ask yourself, are we, are we living to those?
0: She's money savvy says, still trying to find myself a sugar daddy, which, <laughs> yeah, I know it's a bit tongue in cheek, but it might not come. No. A man is not your plan, darling. No, no, no. But no, that's a bit of fun. Yeah, there's a lot here on careers, debt free, safer in investment property, Having slash funding kids, emergency fund, buying a property, letting go of others' expectations, that's a huge one, isn't it?
1: Mm. Again, it's a life experience thing where you mm. realize, look back and think, why did I bother?
0: Yeah. So, as an example,
1: in your 20s, you might
0: just be in a situation, you might be, oh, yeah, uh, okay. In your 30s, you just got
1: your finger up, like stuff you. Or oh, you have. Yeah. Yeah. Some wait till their 40s. Yeah, that's right. But also, if you are listening in your 40s or 50s, don't, again, feel underwhelmed or overwhelmed with it all. You've just got to address where you're at now and and just tick off the boxes that we've discussed. Mm.
0: Yeah, there's no right or wrong. No. And realistically, it's just these episodes, they probably don't need to be called 20s, 30s and 40s. It's just a bit of a theme. Yeah. But what can you do in your life? Because there's stuff that from Alex in her 20s that I learned
1: yeah it's just, just that... common themes that happen more often than not in mm. those decades don't they but yeah. you shouldn't be comparing yourself to someone in, at the same age or no no well John thanks for the chat